everyone, it's George Kroos. I'm really excited to welcome you to the last episode of iMOOC. This episode, Katie Martin and myself welcome several guests, participants of the event, and we hear some of their thoughts, things that they're doing differently, and what they plan to do move forward. It's really interesting to see kind of the effects this has had on some people, what they're doing, how they're how they're thinking differently, and how it's changed them in the classrooms. And so it was really nice to kind of connect with them at the end of this event and think about what we could do for next steps. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, please take a listen. Some of these people are brand new. It's their first time they've ever done a Google Hangout. And, and I told them they're going to share on a podcast. So I'm really excited for you to take a chance to listen to them. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, welcome everybody. It is George Kroos. We are actually in the last iMOOC episode. And I am really excited uh, because this one, we have a bunch of experts. And they are people that are actually teaching, connecting, a part of the book study. And so we're really pumped up to actually have them all here today, uh, kind of see what's going on and, and connect with them. We want to hear about their experience. Uh, as always, Katie Martin is with me as well uh, to help facilitate this. But this is going to be awesome to actually connect and learn with all of you. So um, I'm going to kind of be in the background popping in here and there, but Katie's going to facilitate a lot of the conversation. I'm going to try to keep up with uh, what's going on on Twitter right now. Uh, what you're doing and, and what people are doing um, on, on the YouTube chat as well. But um, I'll turn it over to Katie, and Katie will take time to actually uh, get everyone to introduce themselves. Wonderful. Well, welcome again. And we are so happy to have our participants here to share their journey and what they've learned. So we're going to start off with introductions. I'm going to let participants go and tell you who they are, where they're from, and what they do. So take it away. My name is Sheila Vick, and I'm a resource teacher and counselor at Ecole Marianne Gaboudi, which is a French immersion K-8 school in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And I also teach at Marianne Gaboudi. I'm in first grade, um, same school. My name is Melissa Lachure. Um, I teach in Indiana and I am a special ed teacher for second, third and fourth grade. And so the majority of my day is spent doing small group reading and math. And I'm Tara Martin. I'm from Kansas. I'm a curriculum facilitator and also with this role, I uh, mentor learning coaches in their first year. So um, that's pretty much it. Awesome. And I'm Mike Mohammed. I teach high school science at Brookfield Central High School in Brookfield, Wisconsin. This year, I'm primarily focusing on physics. Before, before I, did, oh, just wait, we're missing someone yet still? Yes. Hello. <laughs> I, uh, I'm in, uh, yeah, right now in Toronto for a summit. I'm a mystic maker. And I'm just going to, I got to point out, uh, Mike has the best blog title ever. Can you tell everyone what it is? Because I think it's the best thing. Every time I see your blog title, I just laugh because it's amazing. It's uh, Mo Physics, Mo Problems. <laughs> uh, so good. <laughs> All right. Well, now that you've met our participants that are joining us today, we're going to talk a little bit about um, their experience. So if you guys, whoever wants to jump in, talk to us a little bit about this iMOOC experience and what it's been like for you. 
Um, I'll go ahead. Uh, before I started this, I was really stuck in a rut as far as like teaching, just stuck in a routine. I know what standards I have to teach when and um, was more teaching towards the test. And then this, um, after reading the book and just grabbing ideas from the book and from other participants, um, really opened the door to how exciting education could be again. It was like my first year all over again. So I really enjoyed pulling from people and pulling ideas from the book. The blog, I was so glad to be pushed into it because that reflection part has helped tremendously. Can I ask you, um, just go a little bit more into the blog. Like, how is that actually, because a lot of people are really reluctant to this. I was actually having a conversation yesterday uh, with a teacher, and we, I, I do ask this question. It's actually in the book as well. And one of the questions I, I asked them is, what is more important to actually teach kids to be able to do in, this, in our world today, uh, an essay or a blog post? And people, a lot of times, will say blog post because they think that's what I think. They don't actually give me their... But, I'll, but one teacher actually said, well, it's both. And I'm like, you're right. That's what I would say. Do you teach blogging? And she's like, I don't. And it was like, it was like watching, it was watching this different realization because she was adamant that, no, we need both of these things. But when I actually asked her if she taught both, it was like, and I was so, I, I commended her, her courage for sharing that. But like a lot of people don't necessarily understand the impact. So like, can you go in a little bit more detail of like actually participating through that process on, on how it's helped you? Well, um, it's like you say in your book, and I know you guys have said it before, when you are writing to an audience that you know someone's actually going to be reading it, it really makes you stop and think. And um, I had not been reflecting on my teaching practices for a couple years, and so this made me stop and think and really put my mind, like see from my students' point of view. Um, and then that just kind of helped develop changes in the classroom. That's awesome. Anyone else kind of want to share something that's like kind of like a light bulb moment, something that stuck with you through this experience, something that, you know, resonated with you? Um, I can go next. Um, oh, go ahead, Michael. Oh, well, I just, oh thank you. Um, I just thought it was incredible to have this community uh, because one of the things we're looking at is really risk-taking and the ability to take these risks and have people there to kind of support you and feel like, oh, we're all kind of in this together. And at a, in a high school, it can be very insular. You can kind of get stuck in your own classroom and not feel that um, you have as many cheerleaders as you do out here. And when, you know, when we're putting out blog posts or what we're doing in the class, to know that people are seeing it and responding to us, to our posts, and kind of being cheerleaders to us. It's really pretty powerful. So I was going to say something very similar. Um, I think the the tribe, I, I keep calling them the iMOOC tribe. It's like the edu family of iMOOC or whatever you want to call it. But that has been just so powerful. And not just the hashtag, but the other outlets. I joined the Boxer group, and I, I was like, at first, I was like, this is definitely not for me. I don't really like the idea of, talking into that um, little walkie-talkie. But um, we've been able to share so many different things. We've been sharing presentations, ideas for getting students involved in PD. There are a lot of people like in my role that are also in that Boxer group. And like Michael said, um, my role can be very isolated. There's only a couple of us in the whole district and we work with many, many schools and a lot of teachers. So a lot of times you feel like you're trying to make a difference, but it's just, 
you're kind of all by yourself, but this has been a great way to like group up together and to share ideas with each other. And I just love the fact that we've been able to actually share resources with each other. I think that's been really helpful. And Tara, I, I've seen that uh, like when, when you're like, I've actually, I read your blog today and it was really fascinating to kind of see your journey over time, just like the growth that you've had um, in, in trying different things. And, and how do you actually see kind of like you jumping into some of these spaces? Like I saw, you know, you're doing lots of videos, you, you, you did a podcast. I can't remember what software you used, but how do you actually see that, um, that making an impact on your job, what you do, um, and, and actually how you connect in with your teachers and your students? So that's perfect. Um, yesterday we had our all day elementary PD day and we, we, we've arranged our PD day to be much like a conference. And so there's many sessions running at the same time, all different styles of sessions, TED talks, whatever. Um, so one of the things I shared with most of the participants in each of my sessions, I had six different sessions yesterday uh, that I was in charge of facilitating. And I was like, you know, from now on, I'm going to be coming around and I want to, I want you guys to share out. So I think this podcast idea is great because I can go into classrooms and things that are going fabulous. I can have the teachers share what they're doing. I have a few students interview them and ask them how it's going, whatever they're doing, the lesson or the innovative activity, and then tweet it out. So I think that would be, it, it was a way that a lot of teachers were like, oh, I might need to get a Twitter account because I want to see this. So I think that's one of the ways I'd like to use podcasts a little bit more. So I'm noticing everyone's talking about like the community and the reflection, the authentic audience. A lot of those um, have been big ideas in the community and help. And I, I love that you guys mentioned the community and how you connect has really helped you think about um, your own practice and helped you move forward. So I'm curious what some of the like messages or some of the big ideas that have really shifted your thinking beyond just working with the community, but what are the messages that you're taking to heart and kind of like Melissa said, helping you think about how you do things differently? Anyone can jump in. Um, and I'm happy to see that there's another uh, special ed teacher here as well, because when I started out in um, the group and reading the book, I wasn't really sure how it applied to my role as a resource teacher and counselor. And really the first things that came to mind when I thought about innovative education were, were things like makerspace and green room and, and sort of more the stuff. And I knew it was more than just that, but I wasn't really sure how it fit into my role as, as resource teacher and counselor. And reading some of the, the messages in the book, uh, particularly the one about considering what this specific learner needs and considering the needs of individual learners made me realize that it's a huge part of my my role in student services and you know i'm not spending a lot of time in these these areas that are typically associated with innovative education but all day long i'm asking myself what does this specific learner need and it kind of made me realize it was a bit of a relief because it made me realize that i didn't have to take on this whole new approach that i was i was kind of already there um so that was that was huge for me. I, I was re when I started reading, I was reading more with sort of a little bit of FOMO, fear of missing out, because I like to know what's going on elsewhere in the school um, and what you know what's happening in my classroom. But I didn't realize how much it would actually actually apply to my my everyday job. That's great. 
Sorry, I would agree with that because when I started too, I thought, how in the world do I make this work? Because I only get my kids for the short amount of time throughout the day. Um, but I like the idea too of thinking inside the box and thinking, what does a specific learner need? Which is what as in special ed, we have specific goals that we're working on. So um, I was just gonna piggyback on that, so. And I think that's a, a really crucial point because uh, when you're, a lot of you probably before the book and before the experience, uh, I think that we take for granted some of the really good things that we do, but when you actually explicitly focus on them, it, it does change stuff uh, that you, like when you understand why you're doing what you're doing and that connection. And I, I really appreciate that you're saying that because um, th there's, the, the hope is that if you write a book and it's connecting with people that for some people it's like affirming to them some people it's really challenging what they've always done um but then but everyone's getting something out of it differently and i think that's kind of the notion that like i've been talking about this for a long time is that we talk about personalized personalized learning but all learning is personal like all connection because we have different experiences we have different knowledge coming in and and what do you actually take away no matter where you're at? And I think that's something we have to understand that our kids go through quite a bit. Um, and, and, and how do we actually make those connections in the work that we're doing? I think that's really crucial because there are some really a lot of great educators out there, but I, I, some of them, they don't even understand why they're great and what they're doing that's specific. And I think that that needs to be shared and understood uh, to make it spread. And I would say to um, making it spread, and I'm wondering, Mike, at the high school, like what, mm -hmm. what are you thinking and what are some, some of the messages that have specifically connected there? Because sometimes people think high school's so big and it's so hard to shift this traditional system. Yeah, you know, I think one of the big things for us as teachers is really coming to an understanding of what we want students to know and be able to do, but then giving them that freedom to all right, find their own ways to get there and use their creativity. So when you think about all these different avenues that I've been able to see our, us as iMOOC members take in terms of our reflections, video reflections, blogging, um, sketch notes. Oh, he's frozen. I know he's got some great ideas. So while we're waiting for Mike to come back, I know something else that um, we've talked about a lot in this MOOC is that one of the me big messages has been it's not about the technology necessarily. And innovation, a lot of times people equate innovation with technology, but we haven't even talked about that much except how we've used it to connect. So it, I'm wondering if anyone has any thoughts about that message and what, how their thinking has changed about innovation and how they use technology or not. I used to think we had to have the tech to get there, um, but I recently took my classroom and turned it into more like a makerspace. I literally just have cardboard and paper and ribbon and glue, and the kids are creating things with the concepts that we're learning. There, I don't have any tech involved other than the kids are doing video reflections at the end of the lesson, and we're gonna start posting on there. I created a blog for them to start posting on. Um, that is all the tech I really have and available to me at this time, but it's working. Well, actually, the I was working with some English teachers and I, I just love that. I love that you said the re video reflection because I don't know if you got the idea from this, but a lot of what we're trying to do is, you know, get you to experience some things that you might actually start doing with kids, right? And uh, we did some video reflections the other day and um, the 
the the interesting thing was the English teachers actually designed this unit when I was working with them, where they would actually have these students vine um, vine uh, scenes from Romeo and Juliet. So they had to do like six second scenes of Romeo and Juliet. What, what was really fascinating about this is I, I actually, uh, they talked about it and they designed a Google form so the kids could actually pick their best video. And then they're gonna actually have a student take all their vines and then do a compilation video um, and the teacher actually, their knowledge of technology, like they don't really know how to make a six second video. Uh, they don't know how to make that compilation video, but they know the kids will actually understand all of those things. And they're saying, hey, this is a great way to get them to do this. And we don't necessarily have to teach them the tech, but it's just kind of designing the experience is actually quite interesting. Like a lot of people kind of feel that they need to do all of those things for them to, to be successful in classroom, as opposed to like letting the kids go and figure it out on their own. So that's my next question, perfect lead-in, George. I was wondering, based on those messages and kind of things we're talking about, what are the things you guys have done differently in your classrooms or in your practice um, as a result of connecting with different people, what you're reading, and what, you're, what you've been learning in the last couple weeks? So I can go. <clears throat> uh, some of the things we've uh, done differently is just... Um, or that I've done differently per se, it's just taking risk. I think um, I always kind of thought I was a risk taker anyway, but after reading Innovator's Mindset the first time, I thought I took some risk and I'm like, oh, this is good. And then the second time, every time something comes up, so if George is trying YouTube, then I'm like, oh man, maybe I should try YouTube. Even though I don't really <laughs> like videos that much, I'm like, you know, so I started flipping some of the PD. So. I work with 14 different elementary schools, and I also get to work with the, the middle schools. We have four middle schools in our uh, district. And so one of the new platforms we're using for reading involves uh, these data reports, and they don't really understand them, and I can't possibly get to all those schools. So I've started flipping the PD, but then I'll just add a little tip at the back, you know, like a challenge in the back of the YouTube video just to see if they'll take it on. So video reflection was one of them or different things like that. And so there's just been some different practices such as that. And then I really would like to use podcasts a little bit more just to see kind of knock down the walls of the schools and knock down the walls of the classrooms and find so they can all hear what's going on in different classrooms. Um, two, we all created a hashtag now. And so having teachers that are reluctant to get on Twitter, but they finally do because they want to see their class on the hashtag. So those, those things have been helpful in helping the schools to become more of a community and be able to collaborate and share different things that they're doing. So I feel like I'm kind of instrumental in some of that, but I do think that the fire is starting to um, start, a, like the sparks are starting to grow a bigger fire in our district and other people are getting excited about it and trying social media, but not only that, trying some of these innovative ideas. And, and Tara, I, I just like just listening to you, there's something like uh, I think that we we talk about, but we don't seem to acknowledge. And, and I know that just kind of talking to you guys all before, um, you're all very humble. You know, you, you don't want to take credit for some of the work that you're doing. But how crucial is like a person in creating some of these things? I think that's like, you know, we talk, oh, it's a culture. Oh, you did all this other stuff. But like there's always, there's always seems to be somebody that is like kind of in the middle of this, right? Like maybe initiating some of these things. Do you see, see that as crucial or you think that 
like I'm way out to left field. Like, and it's hard because I know that I'll ask you this question and you'll give credit to other people, but don't talk about you. Talk about maybe other circumstances you see, or you're asking for a friend, like that kind of thing. <laughs> Pretend it's someone else. So um, I do. I think there are people that are placed in our life. It's funny because my husband kind of asked me a similar question last night. We were talking about leadership. Both of us are in different leadership roles in our um, professional lives. And so he's like, it was a very similar question. I do think there are certain people that uh, initiate some of that enthusiasm and that excitement and to help you to take risks, but then you see them modeling what they're saying. And so you try it. I do think they're there has to be someone like that for us as humans to kind of look at and say, oh, I can try that. I mean, they just tried it. And I, Michael and I were both talking about that earlier with the community. We see other people trying that. I'm like, man, I want to try that. If they can do that, I want to try it. And then as you take more risk, I feel like, and I'm, I don't know, I get a little nervous about risk, but then when I take one and I need it, I'm like, oh yeah, game on. Like now what? Let's try this. So I think there are people out there that have to, like you have to have someone that starts the spark. And then as it starts to grow, then then you can't hardly tell who started it because the wildfire is just crazy. So that's what I'm hoping to see in Lawrence Public Schools really soon. And if I can jump in here, I just think that this is exactly what the iMOOC community has done for me. Like I was, I joined basically saying, telling myself that I was gonna do what I could but I'm a mom of four, I work full time. I thought I'm just gonna take this with a grain of salt. But then seeing all the participants taking risks really pushed me to do so much more. That's, you know, I started the blog, which I never thought I was gonna do. Um, so really there is definitely, like I consider myself a leader, but I felt like I needed that extra push, which the iMute community gave me um, to push myself forward in that. Can I ask I, you too specifically the idea of like how you two like actually in the same district uh, and you're both here today, has there been any difference in like maybe your relationship, your connections, maybe some of the work that you're doing, uh, you know, even though we're doing the majority of the stuff online, uh, how is this actually, is this done anything with your like face-to-face -face connection? Absolutely. Um, like we have a lot closer to each other. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> we got technology uh, there. We had a really busy start to the year and it felt like the whole month of September, we hardly saw each other in the school. But because we were participating and I moved together, I don't know, we grew closer and bounced ideas off one another and um, encouraged each other. I was going to say the encouragement piece, too, because mm -hmm. I I, I'm fairly new to blogging as well. I had started my blog um, this summer after reading uh, Carol Dweck's book, Mindset. Blogging was something that I had always thought of doing, but I was obviously in a fixed mindset and not moving on that. And after reading the book, I started on the blog. And then um, the iMOOC started and, and it was in my office saying, oh, you know, I, I won't have time to participate like I want to. And I'm just going to kind of lurk. And I... I, 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 this is our second year working together and I knew, I know her well enough to know that it was only a matter of days before she had her blog up and running and sure enough that happened. Um, but it's been, it, it, the, the network that we've created in the iMOOC has been awesome and, and I love connecting with people on Twitter, but it's also been really valuable having someone to have these conversations with face to face and, 
and to sort of encourage each other and push each other, the, the sort of competitive collaboration piece um, has been awesome. And hopefully we can sort of get the, the snowball going in our school. So it helps to have someone in the school uh, reading along and participating along. Yeah, and I'm actually going to see both of you very soon. And you guys are taking me out for dinner, so I'm excited. About yeah, that. <laughs> uh, Fanny has actually been in and out of the her. She's on hotel Wi-Fi. I've dealt with this a million times. So uh, we're turning it over to her. I don't. I think I just lost her now. Is she gone again? Fanny, can you hear me? I think she's totally gone already. Mike, we're going to go over to you for a second. I actually let the video sit on you for a little while. Um, and, and while other people were talking, it was just sitting on you because I was testing your mic. So yes, yes. They, they could totally hear you the whole time. Um, anything that's really like actually made like challenge you? Um, like what have you done differently? Uh, and we've actually connected face to face, right? Yeah. Um, what have you done differently since this process? Well, I really think it's every day trying to get feedback from students about what I'm doing and what I can do for them tomorrow. Uh, when we really talk about putting yourself in the student's mindset, what's going to help you and what can I do for you? Really that idea of empathy and taking those risks has been really something that I've put at the forefront of my teaching, trying to find new ways to get feedback and connect with students who may not be more vocal and using that technology as a tool has been really a great way, whatever it is. So that's interesting. Both of those, we talked about kind of relationships and connections to people. And a lot of people think, oh, innovation and you're always doing something new and trying new stuff out. But at the core of a lot of what we've talked about through this whole MOOC has been relationships with other educators to, you know, um, get new ideas and help support, but also students and also people in your community. Um, anyone else want to share some ideas or connections that to that building on strengths and making the connections with um, other people that have really um, impacted you in this practice? I, I can jump in there. Please. Um, I guess first, first, I, I want to talk a little bit about how happy I was to get to, I think it's chapter four, uh, the relationship piece. People who read, who have been reading my blog or who know me know that relationships are, a, I believe in, in relationships as a foundation to everything, everything. Where I, I've taken a lot on, a lot of uh, PD on attachment theory and, and just through those workshops, um, really come to believe that we get so much further when we, we take the time to build those relationships. So it was kind of a, a, a happy, I, I loved reading chapter four. It's my favorite chapter of the book. And I think- Of all books ever. Ever, yes, <laughs> that's right. Um, but it was just, I, I loved coming full circle when I got to there that chapter and, and realizing that it just really reinforced that belief for me and and that it's not just, you know, the foundation for for teaching and learning, but also innovative education. And I think that for me, being part of the MOOC is the biggest piece. I, I, can, I, I can be a risk taker when I feel supported. And that's really what I've, I've felt in the MOOC. Um, I think in my second last blog post talked a little bit about this. I feel like the iMOOC as a group has really done a great job demonstrating the characteristics of an innovator's mindset. And that's really what um, 
I, I feel like that's really what we need to provide for our students and our, our, our teachers. And, and hopefully they would feel the same because I, I took risks that I wouldn't uh, normally have taken for example, participating in this. <laughs> well, and I love that both of you, and I, you guys both said that you started your blogs and you've been really regular blogging and sharing some amazing ideas. And it's been really fun to be able to see the ideas. I feel like I'm in your classroom sometime or in your practice, figuring out what you're doing and what you're learning. Um, and Anik, you mentioned connecting with a teacher and actually on Twitter and doing a project. Do you want to talk a little bit about that with your first graders? Sure. Um, so I found somebody on Twitter in Montreal, uh, another first grade teacher, but his school is French as opposed to French immersion where I'm at. And um, we decided to do the French version of Global Read Aloud, which is Écoutez-Lire le Monde. Um, so we've done our little intro Skype uh, last week, which was totally awesome. The kids loved it. Um, and then the next time we Skype, him and I will be reading the book together to our classes. And then um, after that, we'll be preparing a little song or um, what's constant in French, in English? <laughs> I don't know. A little story. Like a little, little, little story. Um, and then we'll present it to each other's classes after that. So I'm super excited. You know, it's never too young to, like, you can never... What am I trying to say? It's, the kids are never too young to use a certain tool is what I'm trying to say. I, I, was, I was hoping you were going to talk about that. I was waiting mm -hmm. for you to jump in earlier, but I didn't want to put you on the spot. But Anik is um, a great example of what can be done with even with the younger kids. She does great stuff with her students. Um, she's on, well, you could talk about it more than I could, but uh, the stuff she's doing with Seesaw and just really, she, she's she, they're so involved and it's, it's really... Um, it really just goes to show that they're never too young and you know we don't have to know i think a lot of teachers get stuck on the idea that what they're doing with their students they have to know how to do themselves and the kids can teach us so much and and just i i think that we need to realize that we don't need to know how to use everything and that sometimes they'll show us well often they won't <laughs> that is such a great point so often it's like I have to know everything before I can teach you. And I've seen a lot of people just really embracing this. I don't know, asking for feedback, trying new things. And it's amazing what, um, what you can accomplish when you don't have to know everything and you turn it over to the learners. I think too, just to add on that, Katie, is um, letting them see it not go well sometimes is a great learning experience too. So to, to sort of fail with them sometimes or in front of them and go, oh, okay, that didn't work. So what can we do now kind of thing. Um, you know, so that they see the process. Absolutely. So I'm wondering in all of this, kind of your biggest takeaways. So uh, maybe we can start with Melissa and you can share just through this whole process, what are the things that have uh, really stood out for you that you will take, take away after this iMOOC in these six weeks? Okay, great. Um, so I've gotten into teaching through play. Um, it kind of stood out to me as far as this is where my kids are at and pulling in um, things that they enjoy doing, um, especially for my special ed kids. School isn't fun. It's hard. And so switching it up and making it something where they're excited to come to school, which I'm super excited with what I've started. I have kids coming to me saying, I love math time now, you know, so I love seeing that positive feedback from kids, especially when I think it's different for special ed. When you finally see that light bulb go off, you're like, this is like so awesome because you know how hard it, it was for them to get there. And so that's one of the biggest takeaways, but 
I'm actually trying to also take what I've learned and share it out with people in my um, corporation and try to get the ball rolling so that other people kind of switch into this innovator's mindset. Um, Cause I would love to see it not just happen with my kids when they're with me, but also in their gen ed classes as well. And, 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 I, and I, I so appreciate that Melissa. Cause like the way you're telling it is like, this is not the, this is not like, Hey, I'm going to do this during the six week period. And then I'm never doing this ever again after the MOOC, right? And I think that's 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 kind of actually like I just kind of triggered something when I'm listening to all of you. Um, this idea of like we, we try to create this experience not to be like a finite end point, but what are you actually going to do after? What will you maintain? What will you try differently after this? Because that, cause that's how I'm going to measure the success of this is what will people, how will this community actually thrive after the the formal part is over. And uh, Mike, we haven't heard much from you. So uh, I'll turn it, you have any ideas? Like what, what do you plan to do after? Like, not like how has it changed your thinking, but what will you actually do differently? Well, I think one of the big things that I'm looking to do is again, kind of open those doors to freedom. And I think we're looking at the difference between that continuum of compliant, engaged and empowered really giving students that um, space to actually force them to participate, to not just do what I'm asking them to do, but push it a little bit further and give them that space. So like when I talked about before about um, defining um, an end product in a unit, trying to, finding ways where they're not just copying what I'm asking them to do, but sparking some ideas that connect to their personal interests. So they're more, um, taking more ownership over what they're doing and seeing those connections. So one of the things, um, I don't know if we have another minute, but I think I'll I'll take away, or that's been a huge takeaway for me is um, George got in on one of our Boxer conversations one morning and he was talking, we were talking about professional development and he was talking about getting parents involved or the community involved. And we were really kind of focusing on getting students involved. So, that's kind of where I took, I took it with the students involved for this last PD session. And um, we, we had a group of fifth graders, a group of third graders from Texas that I connected with in our boxer group. And I got a first year teacher. She had tried mystery Skype after she had got connected on Twitter in August at our induction professional development. So anyways, I convinced Mandy, who was our first year teacher to facilitate a session at our PD yesterday but all she had to do was mystery Skype with this fifth grade class, this third grade class in Texas, and our teachers were going to experience mystery Skype. Um, and it was like a dream come true. If you uh, look at my Twitter or you look at my blog, you can see a little video of it. But the teachers had as much fun as the kids. And the best thing was the kids, like, they guessed our state first. So they're like, man, we just slammed a bunch of teachers. They were like putting all these quotes on Twitter. It was just precious. But the truth of the matter is teacher, those students feel like leaders. They they already knew how to do Skype. So they were teaching us how to do it. And the, the teachers had as much fun. So I just, I would like to see more student involvement and eventually more community involvement in our professional development time. Uh, another thing we think we might try, and it's like, so one of my ideas that my leadership hasn't really jumped on board yet, but Twitter chats for the community with our hashtag and just maybe once a month having a Twitter chat and we open up questions about our district goals and things and, and get to hear from them because 
Otherwise, we don't really hear from them at the district office. Parents and, uh, I mean, teachers and principals hear from them at, at parent-teacher conferences. But as far as the district office, we don't really get to hear from the community that much. So I think it'd be a cool way to get a feel for what they're thinking. So those are a couple of things I really would like to see happening, or that's where I'm headed. So we're gonna start to wrap up and, and what I'm gonna ask each one of you to do, um, I'm gonna ask you to talk about, like if you were to share like one thing that resonated with you the most through the book or the community, what would that be? So what's one thing that really resonated with you, but one idea for other people to share? Because we want to inspire some other ideas. What What's one idea that people should try in their classroom? So um, I'm going to actually start with uh, Sheila, if you want to take off, and you two. If, if, so one thing that resonated, one thing you want people to try moving forward. Um, like a tool or an idea that resonated? Uh, an, an idea, like an idea that resonated from the book, okay, or, or from the community. Uh, I guess, and I can't remember if this if this came out of the book or um, if it was talked in one of the live sessions. But one of the things, one of the aha moments that I had, or one of the things that I really want to remind myself of all of the time, uh, is that 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 part where we talked about how do we met, how do we know when we've arrived? And I can't remember if it was right in the book or if you had said it, but. Yeah. The, the fact that we we never arrive, <laughs> you know, that it's it's an ongoing thing, and I I want to remind myself of that um, so that I I you know that I can stay on top of things and know what's going on and continue to learn. And um, it it made me think of and I I blogged about this as well, but teaching my my dad how to double click uh, using a mic uh, a mouse years ago, and just he was so convinced that he was double clicking, but it was a click pause click. And I, I don't know, I have no idea if that was sort of a, an eye-opener for him or if it just, it just in retirement, he's had more time to, to, to learn. But he's really done a great job since then at staying on top of, and, and this, this, part, this piece is just technology, and I know it's more than that, but to never fall behind. <laughs> I don't want to fall behind, and I want to remind myself that we never arrive, that it's, it's a mindset. It's not, it's not the stuff. We don't arrive it's really a mindset and and to stay in that mindset. That, actually, I remember, I remember the first person I ever taught to uh, use the mouse, I remember my first year of teaching, they actually picked up the mouse and started squeezing it. I'll never forget that, how, like, how quickly things have changed. Um, Anik, if you want to share your thoughts, something that's resonated with you, something you want you encourage people to try. Sure. Um, I think that the biggest thing for me is the fact that this – whole mindset we really need to approach it with one like one step at a time um, I know that I tend to sometimes get really overwhelmed with all these great ideas and I want to do it all but I really need to and everybody really needs to t take one idea really learn about it and and do this without kind of doing a little bit of everything but not doing everything well I think that you touched on it when you said um, what's the saying uh, with master of no, tr I don't know what it is by heart. Master of one no, tr I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, I probably wrote it, and I, I still don't even. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what you're. I can't think of it either, but yeah. I, I know what you're. Master of none, basically. Yes. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. uh, Melissa, any any things that resonate with you? Things that really stuck out to you? Things that you know? What's your big takeaway from this? 
Okay, so my big takeaway would be the blogging part, just because it's had such a huge impact on me, and breaking down those walls and making those connections, moving from a classroom teacher to a school teacher, from collaborating to co-teaching, um, and not just connecting with people in my building, but connecting with teachers around the world and with parents and community members to get feedback in. Um, actually, I even shared my blog with all my parents so they could see why I was teaching and how I was teaching. So I love that so much. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Um, and and uh, just listening to Melissa, I think that one of the things that we were so, well, a lot of us are very humble in the work that we do. And uh, I think that you're more than willing to talk about all the things that you learn from other people. But I think that the more you share, uh, Melissa specifically, the more people learn from you too, right? It, it's a it's a, a back and forth benefit. So I appreciate you doing that. Tara, something that's resonated with you. Well, um, I really loved in chapter eight when you talked about strengths-based learning. It's something that's, I've always, uh, I read the book, uh, Now Discover Your Strengths with Marcus Buckingham in grad school. And I've really kind of taken that and run with it. I think it's just important that I'm kind of, in your face, I'm always like, oh gosh, let's try something new, let's try something new. But when I'm working with teachers, I really have to, to understand where their point A is. And no matter where that is, I have to meet them there. And, and I love just finding out their strengths and, and kind of going from that angle and then moving them forward. You know, not really me moving them forward, but encouraging them to try something new based off of where their point A is. I just think that's, um, I think you talk a lot about that when you talk about embracing the culture in your book. And um, it's just one of the pieces that's really stood out to me. If we want to move a district forward, we really have to meet, it's just like a classroom. You have to meet everybody where they are and then help them to understand the, the things that they have within them, especially a couple of the novice learning coaches I'm working with right now. I mean, if they really understand their full, their potential, their it's unlimited potential, I think they're a force to be reckoned with, but helping them understand that you have the strength and we need to work from that and move forward. So I think that's one of the pieces that I've really loved about your book. And I love about your encouragement too, even with just comments on our blogs and stuff, just encouraging us based off of our strengths. And then it, it, we just keep wanting to try better, to do better. Yeah, I think that's, and I appreciate that because it is really hard. Uh, one of the, the best things that one of my bosses ever said to me um, when I was, I remember being really frustrated with some uh, teachers not trying new things and you know, some of the things that I was doing. And the thing they said to me that totally resonated with me, and I'll never forget this. I actually write about her. She's like the best leader I've ever had in my life. Her name is Kelly Wilkins. She said this, and it was so simple. She said, not everyone is you. And so it just, it so opened things up for me. That idea is that I'm trying to just make, I was just at one point trying to make carbon copies of the way I did things, not as opposed to really looking at a person and understanding what they're doing. And so I think that's, what you do very beautifully, Tara. So, uh, Mike, one thing that really stuck out to you, one thing that, you know, a big takeaway from this whole experience. You know, I just think the, it, it comes from the tighter, title, what's innovation, the idea. Innovation is new and better. And where do we get new things from? It's not necessarily inside. It's actually reaching out to a community and bringing these ideas in. And then what's better? Um, it's not about better for me. It's about better for the learner. And then understanding that each learner might be different. So some person's innovation might be someone's obstacle. So just the fact that I'm able to go digital with all of my 
assignments may not work for everyone. It may not be an innovation for some students. Um, taking that away and actually going to paper might be a better for a better way for them to learn. So meeting each learner with their own innovation might be a little bit different. I think it's a, I think it's a beautiful point. Actually, um, the we, I've been talking a lot about teacher discretion. That you know, teacher discretion with devices. Like, why do we? Why are we okay with like teacher discretion when uh, kids can do BYOD and a teacher doesn't want them to have a device? We would never, ever be okay with teacher discretion if it was came to paper. Like, mm -hmm. if it was a kid using pen and paper, we say, no, 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 you have to use the device. <laughs> uh, there, if I ever said that to a child at our school, they would, you know, parents would be calling in about three seconds, mm -hmm. uh, complaining about it. But when it's with a device and something new, and I think it's really kind of meeting that. Uh, so I appreciate that, Mike. Katie, um, Katie's been absolutely awesome. Uh, very close with her, and um, I, she actually uh, was my kind of eyes and ears, and she took a lot of the ideas from the book, and I, I, I shot every chapter over to her um, before it actually went to the editor. So I really appreciate it, but I, I'm really curious, Katie, from the perspective of someone who knows this work so inside out, who's so instrumental in helping me put this together, what's something that's, you know, resonate with you um, you know, leading this community? It's hard to pick one thing. There has been so many things that have been really, really amazing. Um, just seeing people feel supported and feel connected to one another has really been so, so fun to watch. Seeing people think about what they're doing and knowing they're not alone and hearing the participants talk about being willing to take risks and feeling good about what they're doing has been awesome. And I know when you were writing the book, wondering, is this gonna resonate with people? And I knew, I, I mean, I was so excited for the book to come out because I knew that so many educators needed this ac access to this information, needed to be pushed and needed to be supported um, in their role and needed to feel good about it. And so it's really amazing to me to see that that's exactly what's happened. And this community has just amplified that so much. The other thing is um, your recent blog, actually, and you've talked about this a few times, but innovation, not just for innovation, but if it's really good, it's going to become best practice. And what I heard a lot tonight about, or in, this, um, in the participants, is they're doing great work and they're the catalyst for great work across their district, in the schools and across the community. But it's becoming best practice and you're sharing those blogs and you're sharing your ideas, not just to do it once, but because it's gonna become a habit. When Mike's talking about, I'm asking for feedback all the time, I'm working with teachers and getting them to share their thinking and more blogs, um, and reflection that really stimulates um, those ideas and it stimulates other people to think about doing things differently. So I know you asked for one, but there's so many. It's been amazing. And I really um, am just so thrilled to be part of this. And I look forward to this continuing and not being the end. Yeah, don't worry. I'm going to cut out your answer. Just leave it to one on the podcast. So I'll just kind of maybe <laughs> some of that. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. Katie, Katie is absolutely awesome. And just listening to her, uh, it was kind of funny just listening to her because she is right. I was terrified to put this book out. And uh, like you are the harshest critic of your own work. Uh, and this is something that really resonates. And so I felt, hey, I'm going to make everyone else go through what I went through. And that's kind of one of the reasons we just started this. Because a lot of you have actually, you know, been terrified, you know, 
to do this hangout, to blog, to even share your thoughts, do a video reflection. And we often are so much harder on ourselves because uh, that, that beautiful Derek Sivers video, the obvious to you, amazing to others, is something that's really crucial. And so um, just kind of one thing I'd like to say is, is that uh, Katie and I were like texting, talking about this. And within basically three days, I said, if this was, if, if this, if we just base the success on this on the first three days, I'd be happy. And so just kind of seeing, you know, and I know a lot of people get caught up in stuff. They don't necessarily finish all the other things off. Um, but, you know, I hopefully you've all learned stuff from this process, uh, been able to connect with the book. And uh, I appreciate you taking time on a Saturday night because obviously you have nothing better to do than talk about education on a Saturday evening. Um, but I just kind of wanted to personally thank everyone for uh, taking the time to do this, taking the time to share your thoughts. I know it's really tough to put out there, but more importantly, uh, really rethinking your practices and what you're doing at an individual level, because if you're actually doing things differently, they impact kids who then go impact other people. And, and you're, you never know as a teacher what your impact is. You'll never see the fruits of this. And this is the thing is that we, we look at the measure and we look at a test scores and all these other things, but your, your impact is in what kids do with other people. And I think uh, if, if I have a little piece of this, and this group has had a little piece of this, uh, you can see that if you really think about it, it's exponential in what your impact is. So um, I just wanted to personally thank all of you for joining us tonight. It's been amazing to connect and uh, learn from all of you. I wanna thank everyone that's watching. Uh, or will watch or listen at some point for taking part of this. My hope is this is not the end. This is just the beginning. Uh, we're looking at doing this again, and hopefully you guys can be Sherpas for the next round of people, but participate again. So I just want to thank you. Uh, special thanks to Katie, who no matter what time my weird schedule is, she took time to do this. She is absolutely one of the, my best friends in the world, and I really appreciate all the work she does. And she's influenced me a ton, and so I can't thank her enough. But I just want to thank everyone for tonight, and I look forward to continued conversations. So thanks for all you do. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Tell me, mirror, what is wrong? Can it be my daylight clothes, or is it just my daylight song? What I do ain't make-believe. People say I sit and try, but when it comes to being daylight, it's just me, myself, and I.